You're listening to Wingman's Garage. This is episode 17. This is Chris the Wingman. Hey, it's Daniel the Track Rat. It's Tyler. And we'll be back. Welcome to Wingman's Garage, where Chris the Adventurer, Daniel the Track Rat, and Tyler the Hooligan meet to share over 40 years of riding experience. Join them as they discuss their journeys, stories, and events of life on two wheels. Well, welcome back to a new week, new fun, yeah, something like that. New uh, week. Um, uh, I guess let's get off. Uh, so what do you do this weekend, Tyler? Nothing. What? How did you not do? Did you just? I know you went to work Saturday. You hibernate. What did you do Saturday after you got off work? Nothing. That kind of depresses me. <laughs> I went somewhere. I did something. Apparently, it wasn't that big of a momentous. I've forgotten since <laughs> That good. I no, it means he either had a really, really good time or he had a really, really bad time. I think I went to dinner. Hey, hey. I don't remember. You sure? <laughs> Check your debit card statement. And then I went uh, Sunday. I got up and I went and grabbed breakfast real quick and was feeling great. And then shortly after that, I just felt like doing nothing. Did you eat some cheese? And then me being the way I am, of course. I contemplated for the next three hours as I just hung out and sat on the porch um, why and, you didn't and come to the admired ride? the beautiful day, um, what I needed to be doing and why I wasn't doing it. Oh, okay. So, yes, I have a, this issue with having days where I do nothing. I don't like them. You know what's really sad is? You could have come to the ride. Ash came to the ride. Where? When? I didn't. Oh, yeah, he did show up for like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he was actually. Hell. He was in the car. He rode dude's bike home after he crashed. He did. Okay, so kind of fill in. We had a benefit ride this weekend. Yes, uh, which was actually, a, that was the best benefit ride I've ever been on. For the amount of people that showed yeah. up. Yeah. Because that, that one we tried to do last year. Right. Just that ended up for our club, yes. Yeah. The group we did it for was fantastic. We really They really appreciated it. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. But the ride itself was kind of a fluster clock. Right. People got separated. Right. All this, this, that, and the other thing. <clears throat> it was just not a good ride. Whereas this one, everyone stayed together. Um, we had... We had at least... At least 100 bikes. Yeah, over 100 bikes show up. And, and what can I say? <laughs> NTMR knows how to throw a ride. Yes, they do know how to throw a ride. But, yeah. But we also did have a lot of help from the local clubs. A lot you of- did. Local organization, a lot of lot of local stuff. I know yeah. our club, the our mine and Gilligan's or Chris's club mm-hmm. helped out. We're going to see Jack and Eric come out. Yeah, it was. Um, and um, most of the yeah, some of them came out. Some of them couldn't make it just from other, which is fine. Um, but it was it was a good hell. Stitch showed up and hung out. Yeah, Stitch and Carrie came and yeah. hung out. Yeah. Like pretty much everybody came and hung out. Just some of them could make the ride, which is fine. Right. But, but we had a good ride. Good ride. Over 100 plus bikes. We had great walking through the road dogs. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, we even got stuck at a train at one point because the train was crossing and stopped directly in front of our. Well, there was that was a switchboard. That was a switch area. Uh, yeah. so that's why it was staying. Oh. He survived that. Oh. That was not fun. That was a nasty. That's the worst. That is the worst tank slapper you'll ever see. Oh, anyways. Oh, but yeah, we got stuck. Our route got stuck because of this train, and we ended up flipping around. And 
even then, that was actually, I think that was kind of a nice break for most of the guys who it was there. It was nice. I mean, bullshit for a little bit. We needed a good, we needed a a time just to kind of chill out for a minute. Yeah. Um, Because we had gotten to a point where we had done done some miles. And those of us who had met up at Cycle Gear. Yeah, that was already another 30 miles. 30, 45 miles in. And it was me and Baby Huey, Melissa. Yep. We all met up there. Campbell was hanging out. He didn't have a chance to get to work, but he hung out with us up there. Nice. And Ron's dad showed up. With us the entire he time. met up with us up there at Cycle Gear, yeah. and then the whole Murfreesboro crew, and Rogers and Mish and Teddy and all of them. Yep. Or else joined in from there. Yeah. And then we all met up over there, and it was that was a fun ride out. And then Chris is sitting there, baby Huey sitting there telling me all the stuff that yeah that route that we just went on. I was like yeah. He goes, I was running from the cops about six months ago or however long ago. I was like oh my god. I was like dude no. I Why are we I, doing this? I wish I could have joined y'all on that first lap. Just because it would have been more seat, seat time for me. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good run. It yeah. was a good time coming in. Um, know, the roads weren't, you know, terribly technical for the guys with the long stretch swing arms. No, nah, that ride, the, the, there were only two sections that I was nervous with the people around me. And it was, the first one was that 90, the 90. Oh. Coming out. It was hard 90 degree left. Hard 90 degree right. I wonder if that's where the dude crashed out. May have been. Oh, I don't know where the end, crashed. wasn't it? I don't know where he crashed. Because we got there, and I was like, I was looking around, and like, where's everybody at? And then they are like, oh, yeah, somebody went down. I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, God. yeah. That was towards the end. Yeah. And honestly, I, maybe it's because I've ridden those roads enough, but looking at where they crashed, the only thing I can think of was you just weren't paying any attention at all. Yeah. You crashed out there because... Right. Well, I never had a single issue at all with anything on the road. And hell, Stephanie was on the outside yeah. of the lane, and she's like, "They crashed out where?" Yeah, no. Like my thing was, I didn't even understand where he crashed. Yeah. It's it just I don't know. Again, I didn't know the road at all. Right. So I didn't. I was I was behind Hambone. Mm-hmm. I was behind Ham just because I told him I'm like, look, I'm behind he's you, fights. cruising. <laughs> I'm. Not, I've got team. I've got. The Tina on the back. Right. I'm not trying to go the fast. Tina? I have the Tina. I'm like I don't have. I like I don't have any need to try and go fast right now. So I'm gonna get behind you, Cruz. I stayed with him. Him and another guy on the street line. And I think the guy on the other street didn't like the fact that I could ride close to people. Right. He kind of scooted up after the train. Right. But whatever. I'm not worried about it. Um. But I will say this. I learned one thing and one very, very strong thing What's that? this group ride. What's that? The next time Tina and I ride two up, uh-huh. I can't wear my AGV. Oh, yeah. That damn back spoiler, yeah. she's all over that. It pisses her off more just as much as me. Right. Like, yeah, I'll be wearing the bell next time we go two up right. because I can't. I mean, you're sitting there driving, and boom, boom, boom. I'm like, yeah. God, quit hitting me in the back of the head. At least and it's I, replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, one of the kids on the, on the 390 company crash. Uh-huh. I had like his the little, he had a flat black corso and that piece came off and I handed it to the EMT. He's like, "This came off this helmet." She looked at me. Oh, thank you. Now we can help it out even better. I went. I've been around EMTs for a long time. I've been around racing for a while. How in God's name is you sitting there saying, "Okay, this popped off. Are you going to help that?" I, I don't get that. It's but anyway. snark. 
Snark coming Snark, out. I would say, yeah. Snark week. Snark week. But yeah, that's pretty much how we spent the weekend in that. Honestly, I'd say that was a great It was weekend. a good weekend. It was, yeah. it was, I'll take it back. It was a good Sunday. It was a good, it was a good Sunday. Sunday ride. Um, I'll say this. I went and got the bikes Saturday, and uh, Tina ended up on the interstate for her first time. I saw that. Achievement unlocked. Achievement unlocked. She got uh, 10 experience points for her gamer tag. Um, <laughs> did fine. I was I was probably more nervous and nerve wracked than her, right. because I well I'm you know kind of responsible. Yeah, I'm responsible, and if anything happens, you're to watching her, for your for your for, my, for yeah for the woman. Yeah, and it just it, it made me nervous a couple of times. She was fine. She mm-hmm. was perfectly fine. But it and, makes you feel proud though. Once oh, you I was. Done. I'm not kidding. You, I was so proud of her. We rode from my grandparents' house where we keep the bikes because they have a garage. Right, and my God rest her, not really God rest her, but my grandmother's all, she has Alzheimer's really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't really understand what's going on. So right. bikes, she looks at them and forgets that they're there when she walks away. Uh, uh, my grandfather, on the other hand, is sharp as a tack, remembers everything, can come up with facts right off the top of his head from the 50s. And he's like, keep them here. I don't care. They're not in the way. So whenever I get to the point where I can commute again on my bike and get everything rocking, I'm gonna think we're gonna keep Tina's back there because she's still not quite ready to commute. Right. That's why she didn't ride Sundays because she's not ready for a pack. That is also she's true. Not ready. For that. that is true. Um, but yeah, she went on the interstate. We rode from Hendersonville down to down old old Hickory Boulevard, oh. down from down to there, just because we were having a cookout and meeting up with some friends that lived down that way. Gotcha. And she was fine. She was nice. she did fine, and I was proud of her. And I finally actually got to ride the bike around the block. There you go. That's the first time I did. Um, good little bike. Yeah. Well, it's good. No power. No. Than what I'm used to. No. And uh, I will say that Sunday when we were taking the bikes back to my grandparents' house, I had a Dallas can't have that moment. <laughs> can't have that. Can't have that. So we're leaving. We're going to Murfreesboro Road. And this guy on a soft tail. There's a guy on a soft tail and a guy on a road kit. Okay. We're riding together, which is fine. Have fun, guys. Crews are, you know, T-shirt, half helmet, no gloves. Or right, anything. right. And so the guy on the soft tail's got ape hangers and everything else on it. Equipment. Yep. So he pulls up next to me and he's got, you know, Vance and Hines turned down to what the fuck they are. And he pulls up next to me staring at me. And I'm like, are you serious right now, dude? Really? I'm like, fine, I'll humor you. And he looks at me and he goes, okay. And I see him go. I saw it. Well, for those of you who are listening, you didn't see that. He starts nodding his head real hard like we're about to run. And again, I'm on my BMW. Right. So this guy has no clue what he's saying and what he's doing. So he jumps on this thing real hard. And I'm just like, really? I'm in second. I rap on it. What? I click the third. What? I leave this dude. I turn around and look. As I chop throttle, I turn around and look. And he's like eight bike leaks back. And I'm like, you jack. What do you think was going to happen? Right. Like, really? You're pushing maybe 85 horsepower. I remember the last time I got called out by a Harley. Oh, my God. I was, on the, I was on the Tawana. I'm glad you waited until I wasn't drinking it because I'm just spinning all over time. I thought I would have had a shower. So, <laughs> Beer shower. Uh, I pull up to the stoplight. I got the clutch pulled in, so it's pretty mellow at the moment. I kind of coast in. It's probably up. the only time a Tawana has been mellow. Right. And uh, dude looks at me. He's got a street eyes, and he's... You know, he's got the attitude going on. He just kind of looks over at me, shakes his head, and revs it. Oh, really? 
You want to play? So I rev my bike, and it's louder than his. Imagine that. Yeah. So, you know, he takes off, and I take off after him. I'm just kind of cruising it. I'm in first. You're not even, like, you're probably half wrong. Yeah, I, I pull up next to him. I just do this. I look at him, go. And I give him the first gear, you know, one finger in the air, and I shift a second, and I wrap on, and I'm gone. Oh, yeah. My favorite was when. Enjoy your whippy tail thing. Yeah. My favorite was when I was on my SV, and this kid pulls up next to me in a neon. Not an SRT4 neon. Like a regular neon. Like the one that your parents buy you when you turn 17. Like the one the air conditioning was extra. Yeah. Like it would, you turn 17 and you got straight B's for a semester. Right. So and he's like, I just want to see what my, what my car will do against a bike. And I'll say this. I was, I was a single man at the time. His girlfriend was pretty cute. And I was like, I'm going to embarrass you for your girlfriend just because I think she's cute. And I don't really give a shit right now. So... He takes off, and I click the second, and I'm sitting there, and I'm staying next to him. And I look down, and I look at my fake watch as I'm riding. I look at my watch. I look at him. I wave at him. I don't even click. I just wrap it and just take off and click the third and disappear. Uh, I was like, I'm the man. I deserve something out of this, but she's with him. So, yeah. uh, What about you, Tyler? Any moments like that? Any, yeah. any can't have that moment? Hmm. No, then there was the as far as car. most of the car related ones, um, it's just been a matter of like I'm cruising down the interstate or something, and pretty much every bike I've ever been on. Yeah, you get the guy in like the Honda Civic pulls over, and you just hear ah, and B Tech kick in, and, and he comes up beside you, and you're just like, I'm in, you know, you're in sixth, and you're just like, what? Yep. And then you're like, <laughs> that, that was cute. Yeah. And you're looking well, back at him, but I think. One of my most fun ones was when I, when I lived in Florida. I rode with a group of guys, and they were all cruiser riders. They all rode Marley's. Um, and one guy was on a fat boy, and I remember him talking about I went from, at the time, I'd just gotten rid of my KZ440 and was on a CB750. And he was talking, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know if you could handle riding that, that Screaming Eagle. It's It's got a, it's a stage three Screaming Eagle, and it's 105 horsepower. Yeah. And he's Screaming like, you know, he goes, that thing will run. And so we talk about stuff and, and we're riding around. And again, I've, I've never really romped on it hard because yeah. I just, for the most part, I don't play that hard whenever I ride on the street. So he's talking about his, his, you got a nice fat boy. And he's like, well, he's we line up and, and we're all pounds. sitting there. And this was in during my, uh, my squid days. In the throw one of those around pretty easily. Well, I'm not arguing that I've done it before, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can, no. you don't want to. But uh, we're all sitting there, and, and I'm living in Florida still, obviously. And uh, I'm doing the, the hooligan thing, and I, I don't have a helmet on. And you're a dumbass living in Florida. None of them rode with a helmet. And, and I soon picked my helmet back up and put it back on. But yeah. uh, we're si- we stop at a red light, and we're, we're sitting there talking. And, and uh, shit, what was his name? Adam. He rode a bare bones bobber that he had custom built himself. Okay. At 105 rev tech in. That's respectable. So he's sitting there talking, and he's like, you want to race? And I just got, I think it was the day I got the CB750, actually. Bought it off the kid at school, was riding at home. And uh, I was like, it's not too bad. It's kind of peppy. He goes, let's race. And Bob leans over and goes, he's sitting there on his fat boy. He goes, he goes, race. He goes, that thing won't give a, give my fat boy a run for the money. Let her alone that rev tech. Right. So I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, let's run it. So 
Um, and I remember the guy had it had a Jeep. Uh, he had set the CB750 up GP shift. Why what? on the CB? What? Yes, yeah, so why would you do that? So I'm still trying to get, get trying to get used to it. So we line up, and the, the light hits, and me and Adam on his rev tech take off. And I will give him this. That rev tech was way ballsier than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just said no. that it was. No. The rev tech was quick. <laughs> the, torque fat, the fat boy with the one stage so, three. Was that what it was? Yes. God. Anyway, uh, I'll finish that, then I'll talk about it on stage three. Yes. So we take off, and me and Adam just shoot out of the gate. So... I go, I go through the shifts, you know, we hit second, we hit third, and we're, we're kind of neck and neck. And I kind of, at first I, I launched, and I got him off the launch course, you know, growing up with motocross and all that yeah. stuff. I don't know many people that can out-launch me. Um, as that being said, run. Yeah, as I said, that being said, I've not really met a whole lot of, like, hardcore track rats either. Sure. So, but um, as far as day-to-day riders. Sure. So we take off. I get him on the launch. He kind of pulls up next to me. And we're neck and neck. Until I forget that it's GP shift going to four, and just starting to shoot. Why did you already make that shift twice? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, we're so yeah. First, second, hit third, and then I look over at him and like ah, and I'm thinking maybe I'll click to fourth and I'll get him because I'm gonna hop in. And I go, nope, pull the clutch back in. Was like shit, forgot. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So, so immediately, of course, as soon as I pull the clutch in, he just boom, he leaves. And he goes, that thing's pretty damn ballsy. And uh, and Bob runs on his fat boy and just is like, because Bob's behind us trying to keep up, and he just oh, ain't gotten up before us. And and I look at Bob and I was like, where are you at, Bob? And he just goes, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so that was that's probably my my more can't have that moment. All the stage uh, three is, is injectors, uh-huh. ECU flash, uh-huh. and a cam. Yep. Air cleaner. And uh, exhaust. That's all it is. There's no pistons done. If you're gonna do something, if you're, look. This, if you're gonna go fast on a Harley, and you really want to do that, the only way you're gonna do it is if you go up to a 110 with a with a, a stage three or a stage four 110. It's not a turbo on it, at least. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy in Hendersonville that's got a Trask 131 cubic inch motor with a turbo on it on race gas. It pushes 260 horsepower on a street glide. Yeah, actually, I hated the fact that. Uh, two of the guys that rode with us, one of them was Bob, and the other one was a guy named Larry. I remember we actually, at one point, were talking about, um, and we'd ridden together a while sure. at this point, and the two of them were going in, they wanted to do a, a drag team. And they already had a bike, they already had the frame, and they were actually going to go out and buy one of the Harley Racing crate motors. The 120? Yeah, that's like freaking, what is it, like 10 grand for the motor or something like that? Yeah, 120 yeah. Um, It's a... So, of course, they're sitting there going, well, who's going to ride it? Because Larry's six foot five, oh, yeah, no, 260 pounds. He's like, well, I'm too damn big to be competitive on it. Bob comes out and goes, well, I ain't got the balls to ride that damn thing. Because they were talking about it being like a, I think all said and done, it's supposed to be. It's 140 it? to 140. 140. Horsepower, 140. I don't remember what they were wanting. To, maybe they were wanting to turbo or something. Because they were, the, the idea they were telling me that they. They thought they were going to be like two to two fifty horse. That's tur- that's a that's a bi- that's a bigger one twenty. That's not a and that's a V rod race motor. That's not a and that's yeah. And I don't remember what motor it was. I just remember him saying, "Hey, you're you're looking at two two hundred fifty horsepower." Yeah. And Bob's like, "I don't want to ride it." And I was like, "I ain't scared. I'll ride it." Yeah. And um, that's a unfortunately, the two of them ended up having to be fighting the falling out and weren't friends anymore. So that went out the window. Well, but see, 
Harley Motor. I'll say this: there's a group of guys. Boswell's. Were you there when Jake was working there, service provider? No. Okay. Jake is Jake's a cool dude. I'll say that right now. You go down there if you're in Nashville and you need Harley parts. Go down there and talk to Jake at Fessler. Like Jake's awesome. Really knows his stuff. He's a good dude. He's fun to he's fun to talk to, and he knows his shit. He's sitting there talking about these guys that down in Rivergate, Alabama. I don't know where this is at, but they will street race, street glides, and they will oh. put whatever money you want to put on and run any car that you want, and you will get beat by a damn street glide with because they're running 145 cubic inch motors with big ass turbos on them running race gas, pushing 300 something horsepower. But you also got to think on the flip side. How much money? Oh, they've got all of that cost. Stupid money! In. I'm like, I'm sorry, I could spend yeah. so six grand on a boost and wax your ass. I could go buy a three thousand dollars six hundred and have a good run on it. Mm, you, you might want to go. No, nah, you might want to go to one thousand on this one. Well, just think about it though. Pound for pound, dollar for dollar. I'm not talking about pound for pound, dollar for dollar. I'm just saying. I'm talking about dead straight. Here we go. Yeah, I'm just saying. Six hundred's gonna get beat. Well, yeah, but also think about how much money it costs to get. I'm there. not. Yeah. That's not the point. See, and that's my thing. Yeah. That's my thing. Because, you know, like, oh, I can get a car that can go faster than your bike. How much are you going to spend on it? Yeah, you're spending 300 grand. How much do you have on that car? Because I spent six grand on this bike. <laughs> I'll say this. There's one vehicle I've seen that is one of the one of the craziest builds car-wise I've ever seen. Now we're going to go off on a car tangent real quick because this car is fucking amazing. Toyota MRS. Right? Honda K24 motor swap. Built. Turbo, all that shit. Rolling anti lag. Quake right sequential. Wow. Six feet. No clutch. Wow. 900 horsepower. Wow. And an MRS. That thing waxed a ZX14. Wow. So, yes. You can MRS. Go- That's the last generation they made, right? Wow. So That's, it's one of those things where you can you can get a black car to go faster than a big bike, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of damn work. Yeah. Speaking of, since we're on a, a quick car tangent, um, I'm very curious once my E85 conversion is done. See, the problem with E85 is you run your your mileage is terrible. You might get stupid power, but only last 45 well, miles. My my deal is depending on the mileage I can get driving it, and depending on the cost of the E85 when I'm where where I can get it at. Yeah. Um. It, it may be close or semi-equal, um, but I'm doing a flex fuel. Okay. So I'll be able to go to the pump when I get on E and put 93 in it. I'll make a little less power on the 93, too. But. I love that. He's pushing the Honda race bike full yeah. suit and a cigarette. Yep, I love that shit. But I, I want to find somebody that's got a 600 when my car's done. I want them to run me because I think I can beat him when the car's done. Um, you a thousand, I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd have That's it. a lot of people with 600. Just ask any squid that walks in the shop. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> of course, if you get it done, we'll run my bike and see if, see what happens. Of course, I can't <laughs> say anything now. It's like, <laughs> so I'm coming down. Uh, we'll see yeah. Milky Crash. Watch this. Boom! Yeah. That hurt. That hurt my, my heart a lot. Oh, oh, yeah, watch on, it on board. On board? Oh, yeah, shit. watch what happens. Clip. Bam! And that was all we saw. So <laughs> he had no hands. He was not. He did not have hands on that bike when he no. caught. There no. was no control. Anyway, back to what we were. So doing. I'm coming down from Clarksville last night or yesterday morning. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm on the hyper. I'm coming down 24, and a dude in a Porsche comes flying up next to me. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. This guy's so, gonna want to run. He pulls up next to me. He looks at me. He pretty much sits right there next to me, revs, and takes off. I'm like, nice car, bye. Yeah. See, they do that. They'll do that with you because they can get away with it on my. They won't my do hyper. it with me. Oh, they couldn't do it with when I had the 14. Oh no. But I swear to God, if I, if you were on the 14 and if I was on my bike, they wouldn't do that shit. Uh-uh. I'd embarrass somebody. Yep. I think it depends. Like, if, if somebody rolls up in, like, one of the older Porsches. Like an old 930 or something like that? And is brave enough to rev it a bike, I have a feeling that they got something that can handle it. Well, you can usually tell pretty quick. Yeah. They, and 99% of the time, the guys that actually have that won't do shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they know. Mm-hmm. Well, the last time someone did that to me on 24 was... Uh, it's one of the newer Ferraris. I, I don't know my Ferraris. It's a newer one. 430 or Yeah. And I saw it at the 14, and I see him flying up to me. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to move over to the right because, you know, he's flying. Yeah. And I was doing about a buck 10, <coughs> I mean 70. Uh, Allegedly. Yeah. And he comes flying up to me, and he does the same thing. He pretty much parks himself right next to me. And it's an older dude. And I kind of look at him. He looks at him. He gives me a thumbs up, and he takes off. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm on the 14. I'm can't like, have I can't that. have this. So I nail it. Can't I, have that. We're flying down 24, and I'm like, shit, I got to get gas. So I pull off at the next exit, do it, and gas. And he follows me in. I'm like, yeah. oh, are you butt hurt? He gets out of the car, and he's like, dude, that is a nice bike. I owned one just like it. I wish I never sold it. Well, that's awesome. I'm like, oh, okay, you're cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> the know? shit right there. So I mean, you never know sometimes, but you can usually tell. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always tell, I'll say this, having worked the amount of track days that I've worked, mm-hmm. I can always tell when a someone in a car mm-hmm. has been a motorcycle rider mm-hmm. and motorcycle track day guy, because you can really tell really quick, because yeah. they don't break till they see Jesus. <laughs> and they're, then they're on the brakes, they don't understand how a car, car race line works, mm-hmm. and they go through it barely, and they're like, okay, cool. But yeah, you can always tell. Yeah. You know, that kind of brings to mind that, that quote from that terrible movie. Which one? What is it about four wheels that makes you all assholes? <laughs> oh, God. Torque? Are you kidding me? I live my, mile you... a quarter mile, my life a quarter mile at a time. Well, the funny thing is, on the, I actually rented that DVD, and Matt Schultz is doing the uh, uh, actor commentary. Uh-huh. They say that line, and he goes, hey, I was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have it sitting behind the door. Oh, God. Yeah, I will say this. It's Torque, in my collection. The well. only redeeming factor of Torque is that opening sequence where it shows the three of them riding together. Yes, yes. That shows riding. Yes. Everything else is horse shit. Yeah. But everything else, but that opening season, opening sequence with the yeah. Aprilia and the RC-51 and what yeah. was the other bike? Uh, so, what was the other bike? There's an RSV Melee is what he rode. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah the, the main guy rode, a, rode an Aprilia. And the RC. The little Mex- the Puerto Rican dude or whatever rode a RC-51. And it was a 954. The Asian yeah, dude rode a yeah. 954. Yep, 954, yep. The only reason I know that was because he ended was up yellow, sleeping with... It? No, the no. RC-51 was yellow. Right. He ended up sleeping with Christina Milian. Milian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was hot. Uh, Jesse James had a cameo in that movie. Yeah. And uh, So what was the worst biker movie? Torque or Biker Boys? Torque. Um, I'm going to go with Biker Boys. I liked Biker Boys. I'm going to go with Biker Boys. Why? Now, I will say Biker Boys had more actual riding. But honestly, Biker Boys played out to me like it was one of those Saturday morning specials we used to watch as a kid. And Torque didn't? No, Torque was just stupid and cheesy. They've not made a good motorcycle movie. 
Hang, I think of. That, hang on, that's like not no, a documentary. No, was it? You had Supercross. The you just, you liked the ride. Yeah, but they're, no, but yeah, they're riding CRF 450Rs, and yet there's a damn two-stroke track going to it. Yeah, Supercross was the off-road version of Torque. I'm sorry. Pretty much. Well, see, this is the thing. Hollywood. They actually did a GP's like a 250 movie. That in, was a long time back. No, this was over in England, uh, where they were running like Aprilias gotcha. and shit, and it was a terrible movie. But it's like, it's one of those things where Hollywood is still stuck in the Hollister yeah. thing. Well, it's like, Honestly? They think in order to make a, a good motorcycle movie, it has to be like Fast and Furious. In order to make a good car movie, it has to be like Fast and Furious. Well, no, see, this which is, is not the, true at all. This is the thing. I mean, Fast and 60 Seconds was a great movie. Yeah, I did make a whole lot of money. Um, it doesn't matter what the backdrop is. If it's a good movie... Mm-hmm. It could be motorcycles, it could be cars, it could be football, it could mm-hmm. be MMA, like Warrior. Yeah. That yeah. movie, I'm not kidding you, that movie, I was, well... Tangent like, time. Tangent, yes. That movie there, when I was, I was in a little, a very different place in my life when that movie came out and I actually bought that on iTunes. And that hit me hard just from the sheer fact that it's like, I can identify with all these people. If you can identify with a character in a movie, it doesn't matter what the backdrop is. That's so true. If it's a motorcycle, if it's a racing movie, like Rush... They didn't give it. They didn't show shit on the race. Right. The show any of it because that was the Nicky Lauda James Hunt thing. Right. And I know a little bit about that whole right. era. I obviously wasn't alive to see it, but I know enough about it to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a damn about the races and the cars and everything else that all, like all the rest of us racing guys worry about. They kept focused on the dynamic between, between James two. Hunt and Nicky Lauda. Yeah. If you can, if you can sit there and follow the dynamic between the two characters. And even it will so, be a good movie. It doesn't matter what the backdrop is. And even so, as a racing fan, it might be the, if not one of the greatest racing movies I've ever seen. What Rush? Yep. Oh yeah, fantastic. Well, it didn't help that Ron Howard directed it. Doesn't hurt. But I will say this: I going off on a tangent on this movie. When you're sitting there saying, "Oh, it's at uh, Fiorano or Paul Ricard," and I'm sitting there watching, like that's fucking Brands Hatch. Quit trying to shit. And I'm the only one in the movie theater that knows that. And I'm yeah. just there screaming at the screen. And everybody's like, shut up. A bunch of old people sitting around me watching. I'm right. The, me and I was dating another individual at the time. And she and I are the only like young people in the movie. And she's looking around. She's going, this is nothing but old people. And <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this movie. like, that's not Paul Ricard. That's Brad's hat. She goes, how do you know that? I was like, just don't ask questions. Just understand that it is. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other good one. When James Hunt leaves uh, the pit lane. Right. Flying out of there at the Nurburgring. Just flying. She's like, pit lane, speed limit, pit lane, speed limit. I looked at her and I was like, this is the 70s. They were looking to have seat belts in the damn car. <laughs> Much less pit lane, speed right. limit. Just get the hell out of the way. <laughs> I, wonder, I was like, I mean, uh, I don't know who imposed it first, but I mean, the first I remember of, of an imposing speed limit was uh, after Bill Elliott killed one of his uh, yeah. his crew members, hit him because he ran out in front of the car too early. That, was, that happened... When that happened, it was worldwide. Yeah. Pit lane speed limit. And then, um, like, a lot of the – I hate it. Just And this is racing wide. Something major has to happen for any safety changes that that make, yeah. to be made. Um, when Ayrton Senna died back in 94, that's what – it took him dying and taking a tire and a suspension arm to the head to make the tires tethered to the car. Um, when – well, 
Simicelli dying didn't really do anything. That was a freak deal. Yeah, that, that was it. Truly came up a lot harder. Like there's nothing you could have done on that. Yeah, because it was when it, he crashed, it was complete not a rider error because he was still fighting and he got a little bit of grip and instead of tucking the front and sliding the outside, the the bike got grip and it came in and it came back the complete opposite way that what any crash when you low side happens. Yeah, and he got in the way when it that's. It's a freak accident. Every time someone is someone has been killed on a race motorcycle in GPs in either Moto Two or Michelle Tomazawa got killed a couple of years ago and he got hit. It's always been some freak deal when Kato got killed. Right. At Suzuka in 03. Yep. It was rider error. Yep. He grabbed the front brake too hard, a gust of wind caught him and put him in the put him in the tires. It's always it's always a freak rider error. Mm-hmm. Always. But anyway, you want to talk about like real racing that happened this weekend now? Sure, why not? Okay, let's talk cool. about. Let's talk about. It. Did you what Supercross was this weekend? Wasn't it? It was this weekend. Uh, they were on the East Coast again. Um, huh, Dungey. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Well, I, I um, neither do we apparently. Yeah. So yeah, um, out of the gate, uh, James Stewart still hurt. He didn't race this weekend. Um, everybody else kind of showed up, did what they did. Ken Ronson checked out. I mean, he the the heat race. They come in and he he barely got Dungey in the heat race. And coming out, um, Dungey needed to win this race. If he won the race, it would give him enough that he would have been 50 points ahead of Ken Ronson, which would have put him as the champion. Um, so he'd have been champion with three rounds to go. Hmm. Um, so unfortunately, he did not win the race. Um, so he's got to at least he's got maybe this coming weekend he might secure it, but uh, if not, we're looking at the very last race. Now that being said, the odds of somebody catching him are slim to none um, because basically he has to be 50 points up to guarantee that he could not start the last race of the season and still win the championship. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ken Roxon got got around him early and and Ryan did not have anything for him. Uh, really? He checked really? out and had like a 15 second lead on Dundee, wow. which is just unheard of for this year. So the weird thing is, uh, Dungey ended up letting, oh crap, who am I thinking? Uh, Cole, not Cole Seeley. Uh, Jason Anderson got around him, and um, uh, Tomac, Tomac was the other. Tomac and Jason Anderson both got around him, pushed him back to fourth, which would have put him at breaking his current record set. That he's got for the podiums. Um, he was able to get back around Jason Anderson um, and secured third place. So he kept his podium streak alive. Um, currently he's at 29, I think, straight podiums. Really? Um, Chad Reed, earlier this year, he broke his record. Chad had the record at 25 or 26. That's, um, but still, that's. Yeah, 29 straight podiums. Stout. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Chad Reed, this was his 201st start as a Supercross champion. Nice. Really uh, or Supercross rider. So, uh, just, you know, he's out there. He's he's trying his hardest to prove that he can be a championship contender, and he wants to be the first person to win a championship over the age of 30. Nobody, uh, the oldest rider to win a championship in any series has been Mike Brown. He won the 125cc two-stroke outdoor championship, right. um, and he was 30 when he won it. Um, that's the oldest rider ever win a championship in, in, uh, in a series. So 
He wants to break that. He wants to show people, hey, look, you can race. Instead of being 26 and 27 and it being the end of your career, he wants to show that if you've got the drive to do it, you can be 35, 36. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be getting into your upper 30s and be Full people rock. So that being said, you shut up. You know, I'm not. I'm. I am older than you, but you are older than me. But you know, whatever. Not well. Yeah. He did. He did check out last year in Atlanta and left everybody nobody could catch him and got a win at 33. So if he can get another win, he'll at least set the record for the oldest person to get a win. And I'd love to see the guy get a championship, but I don't. I don't predict see it happening. I would rather see. I would. I. I don't see Chad Reed winning a championship just because. His support isn't there, and he just doesn't have the bike. And I think that's that's one thing he he really shot for this year with getting back with the Yamahas. They were looking at bringing a factory team, so right this year it's him, it's him only. Um, so it's kind of a factory team, factory bike centered around him. Because his issue before was when he was with Honda, he did great for a while, but then when Honda kind of got back on their feet, they dropped some of the support they were giving him. Yeah. Um, and they were like, look, we're not going to give you the factory engines. We're not going to give you the factory parts. Yeah. Um, we don't want you competing with our factory team, per se. So he dropped them, and he left, and he went to Cali. Um, I mean, he did. He was. He loved the Honda, but they wouldn't give him support. So he went to Cali. Same thing with Cali. He did pretty good with Cali, um, running his own team, racing, all that. But, again, they had Monster Energy Kawasaki, so they would not give him factory support. So his issue was, I want, I need the factory level engines, the bikes, as is mentioned, and nobody would give it to him. So with Yamaha not having a team, they've been out of factory racing since 2008 or Mm -hmm. 9. They're looking at coming back. You know, they got Cooper Webb could probably come into the 450s next year. Um, Maybe Jeremy Martin as well. So they signed a deal. Basically 2017, they're going to bring on another 450 rider and hopefully a 250 guy. Yeah. Um, But they're kind of backing the, the star racing Yamaha team for 250s now. Um, and then Chad will still be there. So so definitely uh, it gave him a factory bike. He wanted to end his career on Yamaha um, just because you know, he, he's ridden pretty much everything at this point. And while I still think he had his best year ever on Suzuki, I don't know what happened with that to this day. He lost the championship in Supercross to James Stewart by four points um, and then turned around and won the outdoors. And, Ooh. I mean, phenomenal year, just competing, wins, 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 and then – Right after he wins, he announces that he's leaving them. Uh, started his team the next year, you know, and, and again, we've seen success. But it could have been a support thing. Definitely. Suzuki's son. Right. And I think part of it was because they, I think part of it was they brought in Ryan Dungey the next year. Yeah. Um, and Chad, he's, you know, from what I've talked to, from what I've, I've, I've met him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but from most people in the industry, I mean, you got guys out there that talk trash about him and say he's a crybaby and he's whiny and he's this and he's that. But, I mean, ultimately, he doesn't like to be told what to do. He he well, wants to get out there. He wants to to do his thing, um, and he doesn't want people going. Well, we're we're gonna. You know, that was his issue. His one year that he was with Ryan Blapoto on yeah. on Factory Cali was he went to Factory Cali from from uh, L and M Yamaha, and they were all we're given all the better stuff. All the the more Ryan Blapoto's getting more testing time. Um, yeah. We're more focused on him. You're number two. And he's like, no, screw that. I want to be number one on the team, or I want to get the same that the other riders getting. So, I think that had a lot to do with it too. So, you know, he left, he left Cali, and then went to Suzuki. Had a great year on Suzuki, but you know, rumor, rumor was that they weren't getting along all that well. So then he started his own team. Um, and you know, it's funny because he started his own team, and people were like, oh, he's not going to do nothing. 
and um, he ain't gonna have nothing for nobody. He's on, on a factory team. Nobody will support him. Nobody will give him a bike. And he comes out and he's winning races, and, and yeah. darn near wins the championship his first year on the Honda. So, I mean, he showed people, hey, you know what? I don't have to have your money to compete. But uh, you know, it just got stressed at a point though. that he wanted us to focus on racing for a couple of years, and he may bring two two motorsports back. But for now, it was better for him to close it and, and just focus on being a rider. So, definitely impressive there. But um, but yeah, I guess you know, real quick back to the racing. Uh, um, Dungey, like I said, secured that. Uh, obviously, still has the the points lead. Um, kept his winning streak or his podium streak alive. Um, and Roxon checked out T- Eli Tomac, I think, ended up finishing about six seconds down. And then Dungey was like another six seconds behind him. Um, so definitely kind of kind of an unusual showing for that. The 250 class came out. Malcolm Stewart, fastest of the day. Um, checked out early, but his Crash. pace. Actually, no, he didn't crash. Just his pace started to slow about halfway through the race. And he ended up getting pushed down to third. Um, just got worn out. Yeah, and I think that's one thing he has fought is he's he's absolutely the fastest rider on the track, but he seems to be tiring out a little bit quicker than some of the other guys. Fitness, that's um, a fitness thing. And he has had some he's he's, he's had a couple of crashes where his fault, and a couple of crashes that were just really crappy luck. But yeah. so and honestly, that kind of points to like uh, Chad Reed being one of them, but a couple of the other riders that showed the speed to get on the podium earlier this year. I mean, Chad's first and second race. He was sure he was second and third. Yeah. Um, and he's had two top, he's had two second place finishes, but through the season we've seen Dungey's kept his speed up, Roxon's kept his speed up, has not gotten faster. Uh, Tomac has actually gotten faster since the beginning of the season, um, but a lot of riders just you can tell their it's their training programs aren't quite there. And as much as I hate to say it, even Jeremy Martin's one of the guys. He does great outdoors, but you get up there and you know uh, he's got a little bit of a belly on him, and yeah, and you're you can tell like you know I get part you're always going to have a little bit of difference because everybody's metabolism is different and all that. Yeah. But when you see what Ryan Dungey looks like when he gets up there, and you see the fitness level he's at and Roxon's at, you're like, look, if you guys want to beat these guys, mm-hmm. you got to look like that. Well, it's you got to get up and ride that road bike 30 miles a day. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and not even, it's not even. It's not even. You don't have to look track. like that. You have to put the time in. I mean, yeah. Tony Stewart. Again, go back to car racing, but Tony Stewart looks like he's the fattest dude on the planet in NASCAR. But that dude, I will guarantee you, between the four of us, he'd outrun all of us on the treadmill. Oh, I, I don't guarantee it. <laughs> but it's like you have it's it's the, that's the sacrifice you have to make. You can be faster than hell. You can get use your use your natural ability, your talent uh-huh. well, to get you to that point. Yeah, you can't but, be an athlete without doing the off the track. Yeah. As well. you Once have you have to get to that point where you have to put the extra time and the extra work in, you have to discipline yourself and know that, you know what, I can't go drink a little buddies tonight because i got to wake up at 5 in the morning uh-huh. and go you know, go to the gym. Right. You know, it's just like an MMA fighter. He, yeah. can't, he can't expect to be anywhere near good in the ring if he's not doing his practice sessions. He's not training hard. He's not lifting. He's not practicing conditioning. Yeah, you're not. If you, you got can, to. You, know, you have to be you have to be conditioned because you can't sit there and expect to do a full a, hell not even just a heat mm-hmm. just a supercross practice session and not be exhausted. Right. You have to sit there put the time in the gym, and it's that's part of your job. If you're getting paid to race supercross, you're paid to race anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where I, Brett Favre said it best. They pay you for the practices and the press sessions and mm-hmm. all the watching the film and everything else. You can't play football for free. No. You're in the wrong sport. You can't race for free. You maybe get start money for showing up. Fine. But they're paying you for all the press bullshit and all the testing you had to do and all the other dumb shit and all the 
training you got to do in the gym and all the other stuff, all the sacrifices you have to make to do to have that lifestyle that you have. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I can guarantee all three of us, if we had the talent and the ability, we'd be doing it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. But, you know, and to put it in other terms for people who don't have never been on the track or never raced or anything, go ride all day. Yeah. Just do a, a, a gentle cruise, cruise all, all day. day. Now imagine that 50 times faster. Well, not even that. Imagine a 20-minute session where you are in a at least a medium run, not a dead sprint. Mm-hmm. You're in a dead sprint for two minutes as a whole. Do an tw- 18-minute medium run and a two-minute dead sprint. That's what a race is. Yeah. That's what a road race. That's what a supercross is. And let me know how you feel after. Yeah. That's how they feel apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that was a big long rant. Um. <laughs> well, I guess we could always talk about the other super thing, MotoGP, and how our personal favorite was that Rossi. Yeah. You want? What? No, I'm good. Valentino Rossi, nine-time world champion. That man there pulled a Lorenzo, and nobody expected it. Yes. You know, this is what, the fifth round? It's the fourth fourth round of the championship. Fourth, yes. This is the first time that Rossi has won from pole in his career. Really? He has never started from pole. Why did I not know this? Because you, you expect it from him. Yeah, I do, but... You expect it to be... Ev- you watch every race, like all the way through the RC211V days, mm-hmm. to the Yamaha days, everything. He's always had at least a bit, little bit of a fight to get to the front. When he gets to the front and he's gone, he's gone. But he's never led from the get-go. Gotcha. When he got pole, you could see it in his eyes. Because the cool thing, they had a camera shot right mm-hmm. on the triple tree. Yes. And he knew yes. it. Yes. When he got pulled, you could when he flipped that visor up and was sitting there, you know, making the face in the in the camera, you could tell he was excited. Oh yeah. And he's back. Yeah. And it's one of the well, not really back. He was at his best there. You're right. It was the 2004 Rossi where he was having so much fun messing with, you know, Bi or with Biagi and Jibber and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he got there. He hit pole. And when the lights went out, he. His problem, his, all, his problem last year was he couldn't qualify and he couldn't start. Yeah. He signed up and got Luca Catalora to come work with him and be his rider coach. Oh, there you go. That's what you were talking about earlier. Oh, Sam Lowe's. We're yeah. watching some videos of Sam Lowe's. That man, that kid is utterly obscene. Anyway, but Luca Catalora was, he may not have been the night, he won the 250 championship, I think, once or twice. He may not have been the best, like, Grand Prix rider. Right. But he was a wizard and utter wizard at setting the bike up. They were talking about it on the original Faster. He came into the pits, and he goes, can you lower the footrest seven millimeters? Exactly. It wasn't five. It wasn't like, it was exactly seven millimeters. That's how good he was at setup. Wow. Luca's helping him ride now, helping Rossi adjust his riding style to fit the new Michelins. Mm -hmm. And Rossi was always better and was more comfortable on Michelins. He got better with Bridgestone. Just because that's the only thing he had, and he figured out how to right. ride a little bit. But he's always been really good with Michelin because he can, the way he works the front, it works better. And again, it's it's he checked out and controlled the race from the front. He pulled a Lorenzo. 
Because mm-hmm. as much he as I don't, yeah, as much as I dislike Lorenzo as a racer, if I'm have if I have a team and I need someone to win me a get close to winning me a championship, mm-hmm. I'm picking him. Yeah. If I want somebody that's good with sponsors, I'm picking Rossi. But yeah. if I want somebody to win me races, I'm picking Lorenzo. <laughs> I hate saying it like that, but that's just the way it is. I'm not even kidding you. He disappeared. He controlled the race from the front. Every time Lorenzo would get kind of close, Rossi up the pace about three, four tenths of a second and widen the gap back out and be done with it. Uh-huh. It was – and Marquez didn't have anything for him. I think the something's up with the Honda because yeah. Pedrosa was having problems with Vinales and fifth. So – well, maybe they're just still having trouble, you know, adjusting to the Michelins. The Michelins and the new electronics, yeah. yeah. But when have you ever? I like seen not it? seeing a dominant Honda, though. Yeah, but when have you not seen? When have you ever seen Honda on its back foot, though? Right. For any length of time. Right. Like when the when the new eight hundred came, when the eight hundred first started, mm-hmm. they were on the back foot with Nikki just because they were de- they developed the bike for Pedrosa. Right. But. How well did Danny do on that bike? He did relatively well. He did. He got third in the championship. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, Rossi checked out. It was fantastic to see. He looked. He looked like it was. It looked like he was back to two thousand four, two thousand five. Rossi just having fun playing with the bike. When he got pole, he I don't know. If, I don't know if he knew he had gotten pole, but he was coming through wheeling and everywhere, mm-hmm. just having fun. It was. And it's. It, when Rossi's having fun, he's you might well. want to watch your back because yeah. he's going to win. I was going to say, whenever he's been having that much fun, he's been winning things. You know, I think with him, he truly does enjoy the racing. Yeah. And I think that's been the problem. We haven't seen his enjoyment of it a whole lot. And at Road Atlanta, I was talking to Mr. Spade. Right. And did I tell you that he actually got to hang out with him oh, at yeah. Ukio yeah. at boot camp with Colin Edwards? Mm-hmm. And I was asking, I asked him, like, okay, what is he like really? Because you get the the PR thing, and he's, I was like, he's always like the smiley dude and everything. I was like, what's he like really? He goes, and he looked at me, he goes, when he realizes that you're not trying to get something from him and you're not going to quote him or try to get a qu- anything like that. Mm-hmm. He goes, he's the most laid back dude. He's chill. He's just, he's a fun guy to be around. Nice. And he goes, and he was actually standing there when that, when he shot that 50 cal sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah, and he was I've like, that video Rossi was, he was like, he was a little nervous about that. And he goes, Ukio shot a handgun and Ukio's never held a gun in his life. And they're like the best place. I'd like to like, was the best place right when you were around Ukio. Well, it was the best place to be in front of him. He goes, yeah, that's the best place to be. <laughs> he's like, because he's turning around and pointing shit and putting it everywhere. And he's like, yeah, you need to quit that shit. I was like, just take it from him. He's like, yeah, we ended up taking the gun from Rukio. But, oh. but he goes, Rossi's the nice, he's like, really nice dude, really chilled out, just fun to be around. I'm like, you know what? That makes me feel better. Yes. That really makes me feel better. Because, you know, as much as Lorenzo is a robot, you can right. probably t- he's so unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. That he's it's it gets to a point where you're like yeah I don't know if I want to I, I I'd like to hang out with him right because you know he'd probably be okay right but he's not if he I wanted to have a comfortable good time with himself no he doesn't look very comfortable with himself or like around that. people I should say. if I wanted to have a good time I'd have Rossi and Caparossi in the same oh way. yeah Caparossi's oh, yeah. a fucking nut job <laughs> but anyway 
But the MotoGP race was good. It was, you know, again, it was good to see Rossi actually check out and be dominant again. And it's going to be inter- it's going to be a fun season because mm-hmm. we've had three different winners now. Yeah. And whenever it's a toss up and it's, it's early a, still. It's early still. How are, how are the points? Uh, uh, Lorenzo. No, they're all pretty damn close because Lorenzo and Rossi have both crashed out. Yeah. And Marquez hadn't. I think Marquez might be leading because he hadn't crashed out yet. You're right. And he hadn't. I don't think he's been off the podium yet. Let's see. Let's I could be wrong though, because I haven't really paid a whole lot. Of but I did finally get to see Road Atlanta. Nice. And I made the TV feed a couple of times. Did you? Yep. For the Super Sport race and the second Superbike race, the first Superbike race, the the um Dale, I think it was Dale Quarterly bike crashed. Mm-hmm. And it's I was running before it stopped tumbling, wow. and when it finally stopped, you see me running to the thing trying to hockey stop in the gravel pit. <laughs> but mm. anyway, but yeah, if you saw if you watched the race and you saw the corner worker run out to the two twenty nine bike or pushing the super sport the the Aguilar was the guy's last name in the super stock super sport six hundred race, that was me pushing the bike. All right. So yeah, y'all saw me on TV. Uh, to answer the question, world standings right now in GP, uh, obviously Marquez is first okay. uh, at 82 points. Lorenzo comes in second at 65 with uh, Rossi right behind at 58. Okay. Uh, Pedrosa, so, Spargo, and Vinales round up the top six. Okay. They've got time. There's still a ton it's of early. races left. Um, somebody's going to get hurt. Right. I can guarantee it. I hate saying it, but somebody's going to crash and get hurt. I have a feeling it's going to be either Iannone or Dovizio. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, well, look, Dovey can't even catch a cold, much as yeah. a break. The bike popped on him this time, and it's like, yeah. what can, what? It's almost like Ben Speeds back in 2010. Mm-hmm. So much weird shit is going on in that in that paddock. Right. He gets taken out by Petrosa. He gets taken out by his teammate. And then his bike blows up. You're right. Really? And again, Toby Moody said it about when uh, Ben Speeds' problems were happening with Yamaha. So much weird shit is going on. You almost need an exorcism in that. You're right. In that garage. They just need to get rid of the wings. They need to get rid of the wings. Hell, all of them are running around now. They, Honda and Yamaha Honda's are gone around. through like several different wings. Rossi doesn't like wings, well, apparently. No, no. Pedrosa said if he'd have had wings on his bike when he took out the <clears throat> Dolby by accident, he'd have cut his leg off. Huh. So I don't know if he'd have actually taken it off like a samurai sword, but he would have damaged the shit out of his right. leg. But... I hate it for Dolby because he's such a good rider. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He's very good at testing. I don't know how he is with sponsors, but he's quick. Mm-hmm. But he keeps getting the shaft on some of the deals he gets done with because he always ends up with, like, like when he was on Repsol. It was him or Danny Pedrosa. Right. Who do you think's going to get the shaft on that deal right. when Stoner wants to come ride? Right. Like, really? But I don't know. If Dolby loses the ride, I hope he maybe goes to Suzuki. Because the Suzuki's coming of age, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough, but we'll see. Because Iannone's not going to lose that ride. Iannone's yeah. too good. Yeah, even though Dovey's doing his best to throw him under the bus, you know, with uh, Lorenzo coming on board. Iannone is too raw and too easy to mold into what they need to be. And right. he's too and he's too good with sponsors. Come on. Right. Well, it'd be interesting to see if Lorenzo comes over, Iannone stays, Iannone catches his... his uh, what am I looking for? His rhythm? Sure, we'll go with that. One word I was trying to find. But, um, well, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a mind reader. Yeah, see him settle in and... Catch Lorenzo? And all of a sudden, 
Iannone is number one, just constantly just... See, I don't see... That's the problem. I don't see that happening right off the mm-hmm. jump. I see him catching, slowly catching Lorenzo. Slowly. And maybe doing better than... Maybe it's almost like... Down. It might be a trickle down where he gets... Where Iannone will get parts from... The parts from... Lorenzo's data and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't see Iannone having the ability to look at Lorenzo's data. Lorenzo will be able to look at Iannone's data. But I don't see it going back and forth. Right. Um, but again, we'll see. We've still got a year left. Let's not worry about right. Lorenzo and Ducati. We'll just have to see what happens next year. But yeah. We still got a whole... We still got a long... What was it? Another summer. 10 rounds? Oh, we got 13 rounds left. 13 rounds. Yeah, this is a long season. That's 18 races. Yeah, it's, we'll be good. It's not normally this long. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> That's what she said. Hey! <laughs> it's a good day, baby. That it is it's a good, good day. day. Hey, it's a good day for you, too, baby. Yeah. Anyway. Just shut up and enjoy the ride. Uh, yeah, she will, too. Right. Anyway. Uh, um, well, you know, I think... Uh, I think we're done for the night. Well, we're getting close. We still we do have to answer a question. Who asked the question? Uh, our favorite. Was it Eeyore? Yes, Eeyore. Eeyore! Uh, let's wait for Tyler to get back out of the pistol real quick. Um, Hurry up! Is that going to go there? Even though I know you're not one to wear earbuds when you ride. Actually, I'm getting, I will, I do wear, ear, I'm getting to the point where I'm wearing earplugs now. Earplugs or earbuds? Plugs. I, okay. I try not to listen to music because I do get distracted, and I will say this, I got distracted. When I crashed, I was distracted. Uh, that I don't know, I won't, I won't say that the music was 100% the reason. I will say it might have been a contributing factor, but... And then Tyler just sat on the cat. <laughs> he, he deserves to be sat on. He's sitting on cat sitter. Dude, that's like almost animal abuse. No, I can't mm-hmm. you do that. You're going to have a fuzzy back. I'm only so back. far. Okay, well, he's fine. All right, so Eeyore had wanted to know, you know, because I know he rides a lot, mm-hmm. and he has his own personal playlist. Sure. What What is it that we have on our personal riding playlist? It depends. For me personally, it depends on where I'm going. I've got two or three of them. Depends on where I'm going. If I'm yeah. going to bike night, it's I'm I'm going to use Pandora. Right. It will probably end up, if we're going to bike night and knowing our club, it's usually either my Yellow Wolf. Oh god. Or <laughs> either that or um, my Little John and Eastside Boys. Right. Right. If I'm out riding and I'm listening, I'm usually if it's just me and I'm either commuting or if I'm just out having an enjoyable day. Pandora, my. Uh, Hosier, okay. Playlist or um, there's a guy from Australia called Chet Faker, like Chet Baker, but Chet Faker. Oh, he does a lot of like R and B, blues, electronic kind of stuff. <clears throat> he covered a he did a wonderful cover of No Diggity, nice. the Black Street Song. Nice. You've probably heard it. It's a real soulful, just down in the dirt, just bluesy, just cool riff. Huh. And actually, I've got it on my phone. When we get done with this, I'll let you hear it. But uh, he, uh, that's what, I, if I'm cruising on the bike, I'll listen to that. There you go. But if I'm going to bike night, yeah, it's it's yellow. You're wood. hooded out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and really? Really? Have yeah. you seen our bike nights? Come on. Just saying. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you have to get in the mood, mm. get in that mood for it, just right. from the stuff that has right. happened in ours before. Right. But anyway, it's and it's good fun. What about you, Tyler? Happy that, music. Because I know you're Captain Earbud here. Happy I am. Music. I, I, I always listen to music when I ride. Um, I don't really have. I don't have any. Like I don't have a moto playlist. Um, I'm that guy that has literally, I think, about 
80 gigs worth of music. Are you like an 8,000 song person? I am. And my iPod or, many or iPhone or whatever is usually on. Usually I have a minimum of 1,000 songs on my iPod at any time. Jesus Christ. So more or less my ride is shuffle. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> being said, the same 10 songs to get an idea of what I listen to on the majority, um, there's always some kind of catchy, poppy song mm-hmm. on there. Just something, like again, what I call the happy music. Kind of, you know, get get kind of the bump going, that kind of thing. You you, know, you can usually tell when I'm listening to one of those songs. You start sure dancing. Those are you the guy dancing at the red light? I am. I'm I'm, guy, I am too. It's dancing at the red light or going down the road and I'm taking my handlebars off and I'm doing, you know, the oh, cheesy yeah. cheesy dance moves and stuff, bobbing my head. But um, other than that, I mean, I'll just say my, my top three bands, um, I, I literally listen to everything and I really mean everything. Um but my favorite bands in the world are pretty much Seether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Foo Fighters. You're doing well so far. Yeah. And my, my number three kind of pops in and out, but it'd be a toss-up probably between Papa Roach or Shinedown. Nice. Uh, I can't I can't hate you for Shinedown, but Papa Roach I might yell at you for. Papa Roach <laughs> hasn't been around for a while. They have, but it's, it's <laughs> well, one of those things. In a while, I Yeah, whatever. I kind of grew up on the old school Papa Roach. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, oh, get on your knees and be it. Yeah, that yeah. song? Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah. You like know, Infest. Angel, yeah, Infest. Yeah. Angels and Insects, things like that. Yeah. Um, but and, and as it grew, I morphed, and, I, and I've, I've liked everything that Papa Roach has put out. So. He's an X-Men. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, uh, I would say... It's hard pressed because I've been such a big Seether fan since they came out. I am a big Seether fan. I will say that. But I would say if somebody were to ask me that Dave Grohl has the absolute best all-around voice I've ever heard in music. Oh yeah. Well, he hey, might not be the best singer I've ever heard. We will have that discussion off air. Yeah. So, because that is not a motorcycle discussion. <laughs> no, no. That's yeah, a different to, podcast. To, yeah. To give people an idea, I listen to three fourths of what I listen to falls in the melody of hard rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, I go as heavy as Marilyn Manson. Okay, saying this, he rolled up listening to Tech Nine. Yes, and I go listening to Tech Nine. I go over to, to Blake Shelton and Tech Nine and Blake Shelton. You know, you this, just lost some the sad thing is, I got out of the car because we all pulled in pretty much at the same time. I grew up and, on my and I heard Tech Nine. The first thing I did is I looked at you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I mean, I'm the guy that will listen to that. Trust me, I'm, I've seen Tech Nine live. I will say I'm not huge on rap. Pretty much the only rap I listen to is older Eminem because I hate most of his new stuff. Um, yes, are I you kidding it. me? I hate most of Eminem. Rap God? Stuff. Are you serious? So, um, are you kidding? Are, okay. are you and I are gonna have a fight right now? His, his, How do you not like Rap God? I can't his, see his last album was good, but the two he had where he was doing the the like sound like he was trying to imitate like a Middle Eastern voice. I just couldn't I'm not okay. It. No, I'm not. No, Rap God, but, you don't like that. Oh, I love his old okay. stuff, and I like more of his... Yeah, yes, but anyways. So, but my favorite You rappers, and I were about to have a coming to Jesus meeting on that one. My favorite two rappers <laughs> of all time are Tech 9 and Hobson. Tech 9 a little bit. Oh, he's been around a really God. long time. I love Hobson. And one of the things I love about Hobson oh. that made me like him more is there's some stuff in some of the songs that goes into the political side of things that I'm into. And yeah. I love that he is just totally not what you ex- expect on that side from a rapper. Sure. Um, but what? those are probably my two, my two or three, if you throw him in there. Uh, kind of rap guys. That I the funniest to. thing that Hobson's done personally is 
the one like the video he released on YouTube when he's like, rappers aren't even saying anything. Right. Then he's got and it's so funny. But anyway. <laughs> what okay, so now that we're done with us two, what do you oh, listen to? Alright, so I I've got three playlists I usually go back and forth through. Uh, one of them is a little more on the electronic side, and I, when I say electronic, I don't mean Skrillex. <laughs> now, maybe there is one or two of his songs. <laughs> or Darude. Hey, Darude's the shit. Hey, Sandstorm was the shit before all you fuckers. Was it still is? Don't even start That's the right. No, I mean I'm going back into time with you know Crystal Method, and I'm oh, don't know old school Crystal Method. Yeah, you know original Fat Boy Method. Slim. Oh um, God. Um, well, what was it? Who was it? It was um. Cold Chamber. Yes, yes. I'll say I'm probably one of the few people I know that is a true Daft Punk fan. Oh, yeah. I've I don't got mean Daft the stuff Punk that plays on the radio. I mean yeah. the stuff yeah. that doesn't play on the radio. The, the no. Tron Legacy soundtrack yeah. is utterly wonderful. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, Daft Punk, even in their more current, and now we're going off a different tangent again, yeah. Yeah. their more current stuff, it's still Daft Punk. Yeah. It's just it's the kids' faults for playing it so True. much. You know? I, anyway. But, yeah, I've got that. You know, I've got some stuff that's pretty obscure that I listen to also in that same thing, but that's that's a bad playlist for me to listen to because I start doing things I shouldn't. Um, that's why I don't listen to some of my, like my trap. Yeah. My trap playlist. I don't yeah. listen to that one on the bike. But you know, I'll I'll play that song if I know I'm in traffic uh, because it. Yeah, I ride differently. Uh, but that's like chimes song. Yeah. That's been used in like a couple of different commercials. Yeah. If that song comes on, you don't want to be around it. Yeah. I turn into an absolute dickhead. <laughs> Just ride. I mean, I ride like an asshole. When that's You're right. On. Well, there's a reason we ride like assholes. True. But that's a different. That's topic. a whole we'll different talk topic. About before we close. We'll up talk today. about that next week. Um. But yeah, that's uh, one of the playlists. The other one I just call the road, and it's just dirty, grungy old rock. You know? Like we're talking like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, or, Led okay. Zeppelin and ZZ Top and yeah, good old like real Southern rock. rock. Yes, yes, yes. Led and Zeppelin, a little I, bit of Skinner. I was listening to that all day Sunday riding. Oh yeah, yeah. Just it just puts me in the groove. Oh yeah, And then I've got one just really kind of the road to nowhere. It's got all sorts of stuff. I still got some of the same songs from sure. You know, ZZ Top and everything. I've got a. I've got some Three Doors Down because I like Three Doors Down a lot. I've got some Def Leppard because you know I'm I'm always going to be a Def Leppard fan. I've got some Kiss and I've got I've got some country in it. Sure. You know just because it's just kind of that's kind of my mellow mix. I've got Bohemian Rhapsody in it because you see, have to have that. Well, yeah. When I see you like bouncing around, yeah, I know you're listening to that. Yeah, and I've got Carry On My Wayward Son. Come on, Kansas, I got to have that. I played that my my junior year of high school in marching band. <laughs> Nice. I that, can play that bass like that, a tuba. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. I've got ACDC in it. Way <laughs> I have heart on mine. I, have I don't have heart on mine. Right. Specifically, the one that's on there right now, I've only got one song actually, um, is Alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to go there because, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so Are we done now? So yeah, I can play you this fucking song? Hey, I've got some Red Hot Chili Peppers in that too, just because. Have you seen the thing on, from BuzzFeed about Red Hot Chili Peppers? Uh-uh. You can always tell every song by Red Hot. It's like every song. California. Oh, yeah. I'm from California. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh, probably <laughs> the best song I've got in this is Fly to the Angels. Slaughter. Yeah. You gotta fly 
Sorry, I'm not gonna sing that. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. All right, can we call, can we finally end this so I can let you hear this? That way we don't get in, co- right. get in trouble with well, copyright shit. Well, real quick, uh, anything you want to hear in future podcasts? Because I know you are not the only one listening. And, yeah, uh, we know you're listening, yes. fuckers. Give us a call at two six two five. Go ride, or emails at podcast at wingmansgarage.net, or hit us up on all of the social media sites. Yep. So we're going to call an evening for tonight. We'll see you all next week. This is Chris the Wingman, Daniel the Track Rat, and Tyler saying good night. Bye. I got a piece. Scoochie boochies. Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net. Say it again. Snoochie boochies. Turn that shit off. <laughs>